1: Well, good evening and welcome to iWitness News live from our studio here at number 11, Dr. Malti loop in Adabraka, Accra. My name is Zoe Abube and this evening I'm here with
2: Kweku Ediamansa. Coming up here in Ghana, we've lost some 100,000 acres of natural forest in the last decade alone. The climate crisis is said to be reaching a tipping point.
1: Government kickstarts starts meet of Government kickstart meeting ambitious targets of planting 20 million trees in the second edition of the Green Ghana Project. Meanwhile, some environmental NGOs use the occasion to picket at the headquarters of the Forestry Commission to protest the degazetting of the Ajimota Forest. Also coming up, pressure group Arise Ghana concludes arrangement with police to march against fuel prices as... Um, and what they term as a mismanagement of COVID-19 funds. And later on Eyewitness News, Ghana's largest opposition party, the National Democratic Congress, marks 30 years as a partisan political organization. will bring you sounds from a public lecture organized to mark the anniversary. Stay with 97.3 CTFM for more on this and other stories on eyewitness news and in business. Government urge to leverage trade policies to accelerate economic transformation. Ellen Dapar joins us in the next 50 minutes for more in the world of business. Eyewitness News is live across the country on all our affiliates in the western region we are on premier 100.5 fm in Takrade, as well as beach 105.5 fm in Takrade, bono region greener fm 95.9 we are live in the ashanti region on alpha radio 104.9 in Kumase and orange 107.9 fm also in Kumasi in the volta region Beyond Global 105.1 FM in Ho, Adanu 107.7 FM in Adakluaya, Diamond 93.7 FM in Tamale, it's in the northern region, Upper West, Westlink 88.1 FM in Laura, in the Upper East, Source 100.1 FM in Boko and Northeast, Scarp 101. Point three FM in Nampanduri. We are also live around the globe on citynewsroom.com. Your comments are welcome via WhatsApp line zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six. The hashtag is City Newsroom. We will begin with the Green Ghana Day, and that exercise was started today. Um, it started last year. This is a second edition of that exercise Kwe Kwe has the details the president spoke um at the launch of not the launch at the exercise um, of today where some 20 million trees have been targeted to be planted over the years over.
0: Now President Ekufuado says Ghana's timber industry is suffering as a result of the depletion of the country's forest reserve. Nanadotanko Ekufuado says Ghana has in the last 10 years lost over 100,000 acres of natural forest through human activities. Speaking at the Green Ghana Day event, President Ekufuado said planting trees will help fight climate change.
2: Here in Ghana... We have lost some 100,000 acres of natural forest in the last decade alone. Our timber industry, who generated jobs for thousands of people, is suffering. The odum, wawa, mahogany, Sapeli, and several other wood species of this timber industry are also depleting at an alarming rate. Apart from their economic value, Forests are home to most of the Earth's terrestrial biodiversity and crucial to our fight against climate change. The climate crisis is said to be reaching a tipping point. We are advised by the experts and the teachings of the Paris Agreement of COP21 to keep global temperatures below degrees Celsius in order to avoid the worst impacts of climate change, but at the current rate, global warming is projected to reach 3.2 degrees Celsius by the end of the century. But the experts also tell us that one of the surest ways of dealing with the climate crisis is through the preservation and development of forests and other nature-based solutions. As it is said, the lungs of the Earth, forests play a crucial role in the sustainability of our planet and our life on Earth by absorbing carbon dioxide and contributing to emission reduction. That is why in 2017, We joined several leading cocoa and chocolate producing companies and countries to sign the Cocoa and Forest Initiative Statement of Intent in London, where we undertook to halt deforestation and forest degradation in the cocoa value chain in Ghana and Côte d'Ivoire, the world's two biggest cocoa-producing countries.
0: You have the president, Nana Adudankwe Kufuado. Now, the Lands and Natural Resources Minister says there are sustainability strategies put in place in making sure seedlings planted as part of the Green Ghana Project survive. Environmental NGOs, including Arocha Ghana, have called for such strategies to maintain and keep the trees alive. Speaking to the media after planting his tree, the Lands Minister, Samo Jinapun, noted that such mechanisms are in place.
3: I think um, so far so good, and I am cautiously optimistic that we will reach the target. It's early days yet, this morning, as you know, at 8 a.m., the president kick-started the nationwide tree planting exercise, and the planting has just begun. I've just finished planting here at Achimota Forest with members of the diplomatic corps in commemoration of Her Majesty the Queen the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebration and I think that the momentum is picking up. I have a good feeling and the reports I'm receiving across the country tells me that Ghanaians from all walks of life all over the country are, are bought into this program and bought into this um, undertaking and are planting trees. I, I've just been informed for example that the Vice President is planted in Tamale, Dutunfo is planted, Dochenhide is planted, the Wana is planted the Yebu is planted, the chief imam is planted and most importantly everyday Ghanaians are planting: teachers, nurses, carpenters, traders, uh, police people, public servants, civil servants, students, young and old, all of them are planting. I want to emphasize in conclusion that this is a national crusade. This is a national undertaking. This is one of those things that goes beyond partisanship, religion, or sectarianism, or uh, gender, or what have you. This is a Ghana project where we are very determined that within the shortest possible time, I'm hoping, um, within another three, four, five years' time, we would have considerably restored the forest cover of our country. You've seen it for yourself, the, the trees that the diplomatic corps planted. They are doing very well. And, and 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 that, obviously, is an impetus and is a testimony that this initiative, this concept, this program is worth our while. So let's continue to plant. Uh, it's still early days. Let, let's plant all day and make sure that we exceed the target of 20 million trees today. Well,
4: the planting is one thing, Mon- yeah. monitoring is another. What plans are we
5: putting in place to leverage on technology and monitoring system?
3: Yeah, the monitoring is, is more important than even the planting, actually, because if you plant and you don't monitor, um, um, you would have uh, engaged in an exercise in futility. And indeed, the Forestry Commission and the Ministry has a very robust framework of ensuring monitoring, evaluation, and, and, and making sure that we have the architecture which will ensure that these trees survive and, and I'm very happy to report that last year's tree planting exercise the green Ghana exercise 85% or so of them have survived as we speak and indeed as I travel ar- ar- around the country and I travel across the country a lot I take my I take time off to check how the green Ghana trees are doing and I can also confirm the report that the Forest Commission has come up with that. Some of the trees are doing well. But we learned some lessons out of last year, which is why this year we are planting 10 million trees in on forest reserves and planting 10 million trees in off forest reserves. And we believe that that will give us a better platform, a better um, uh, situation or contest to be able to monitor these trees. And we are going to enhance our monitoring and evaluation efforts this year. We are going to ramp it up. So, look, this is just great i mean everywhere i've been to in the world and i've talked about this people get marveled i mean i was in sweden last week and it was a meeting of all the ministers of lands and forestry across the world and when i indicated that last year in a day we planted seven million seedlings i mean they were just blown away and this is also in addition to all the other afforestation schemes and programs which are ongoing so green ghana let's go planting drop the cameras and go and plant your trees now so that we can plant 20 million trees today. Thank you and God bless our people.
0: You heard there, Samuel Jinapo who is the Lands and Natural Resources Minister in the Ashanti region the Ashanti to the second and the Ashanti Regional Minister Simon ose Mensah led a tree planting exercise at the Royal Golf Park in Kumasi Speaking to City News the Ashanti Regional Minister Simon ose Mensah called on members of the general public to attach seriousness to the exercise
6: It's known that Kumasi has the as the garden city of West Africa and it was because of the greens the trees people could find around anytime one drove around the city of Kumasi uh, we are losing it because most of the trees have been cut down and then now we need to replenish it by planting more trees to get the greens back the last year we started the uh, region. we were giving about 1 million targets, we planted around 1.5 this year we've been given a target of a uh, 2 million. And I'm very optimistic that uh, we are going to exceed even the 2 million target. We want everybody to get involved in the planting of the trees. Let's all be stakeholders. Let's all join hands to green Ghana. Let's all bring back the garden city of West Africa, which is Kumasi.
0: Simon osei Mensah is the Ashanti Regional Minister.
1: From the Ashanti region, let me take you to Bimbela. And speak to an employee of the forestry commission. His name is Al Hassan Kingja. Now, the youth there um protested, sort of. They were not happy. They said they have some allowances that have not been paid. And so, based on that, they were not going to do what's expected of them. Good evening. Thanks for joining us on Eyewitness News. Hello, Al Hassan.
7: Yes, madam.
1: Okay. So um you are an employee of the forestry commission. Are you part of um the, the youth in our forestation?
7: Yes, madam.
1: Okay. Now you have some issues. You have threatened you are not going to ensure the, the survival of the trees. Why why have you yes. taken this stance?
7: Okay, madam. Yes. We spoke to uh, Mr Aminu Alabre this morning. When we went to uh Green to plant the trees. We tell him anyway from Bimbila to our test is twenty-four good miles. From there in and out is forty eight miles. And our salaries is
1: not coming.
7: And the salaries what a one how long how long
1: has your salary delayed? For how many months?
7: Anyway, last year, they owners us three months, and we thought they would give the arrears back. We didn't receive the three months. At least, if they say they are giving us at least one month, then we will
8: go and receive.
7: And we tell them about the items. By now, the snakes are walking. We have not to talk of scorpions. Not all of us are having the well wood, not to talk of the uniform. So we explain all these things and appeal to government for Forestry Commission to look about it and then we we do the work, how government is like. Every day we are going there up and down and a match of our salary is 400 Ghana cities.
1: Did you say 200 or 400? Pardon me. Did you say 200 cities or 400 cities?
7: With 400 Ghana cities a month, it will be, sometimes it will reach five months, six months, and we will not take even one month's salary.
1: When was the last time you were paid?
7: Pardon me, madam.
1: When was the last time you were paid?
7: Last time, when we took our salary three days, one month, 400 Ghana cities, up of, uh, since January up to now.
5: Who
1: have you raised this issue
7: with? Huh?
1: Who have you raised this issue with? To Who have you raised? Have you raised it with any of your supervisors?
7: Uh, the supervisors, even one of our CEO is calling Mr. Kalu. He's there. Our director is calling Kalu. So we explain this thing to him. Uh, if the day we are going we will prepare and come out a few number will come out they don't have means to go no fuel now when you go and buy fuel 330 cities to go and come from you will not reach out you will not reach home so unless you buy fuel 40 cities and if you are buying fuel in and out 40 cities can stand is so how much and the standard is not coming if they were to be paying us every month, then we are collecting 400 cities. then they should give us the 400 cities. that's all. But they will say they are owing new people, so next coming month, they will give three months, two months, and they'll give you one month. What about your problem and your, your poor money? We don't have means. Only farmers who go there sometimes, when you go there, they use their, uh, maybe the farmers will suck you and say that we should use our own tractors to plow and then plant the trees. If you don't use our tractors, they will come here to farm and they will come and then destroy their food up and then plant the trees. That's what they were doing last.
1: Okay, so... When was the last time you got a response about your salary issue and then the protective gear you are speaking about?
7: Um, So uh, today when MC comes to the work, we just explain everything to MC and then, for instance, the chairman. This is what we do. And then they will sit about it. And we say, if so be the case, we ourselves will complain to the head so the national level will know what we are under punishment. We are now under punishment because we can't stop the work and the strength is not coming.
1: Okay. Did you partake yeah. in today's exercise? Today's tree Today planting?
7: Exercise, anyway, maybe Aminu uh, Amino and cover everything. Maybe uh, uh, when he sends new people to life, we just come out, go to the uh, the field. We are to plant the trees. We did it very well. Even though our MC and then the Conference chairman and the executive, they came there. Every, Everybody has been involved to, for us to do the work. So we have done the work.
1: So you did today's work, but you are threatening to boycott the maintenance of the tree. Is that it? Is that, it? that is it. And is that going to resolve the issue? I mean, I thought you were supposed to dialogue. The dialogue is not happening. Now, you've spoken to the MP and the constituency chairman. And they have said they're going to think about it. Are you going to give them some more time so that um, your issues are resolved?
7: Anyway, that's why we we'll give them more time. We'll give them more time. But from today going, we tell them, if there is no payment, you can't get money and pay back well. And then, Go to work. It's now twenty-four uh, miles in a uh, Forty-eight miles. Which uh, in a uh, forty-eight from uh, Bimbia to Reserve? Uh, we have about fifty-three thousand uh, land uh, acres.
1: Are you able to tell how many of you are, are going to um, engage in this boycott or this protest? How many Four are you? Yes.
7: Okay,
1: we are three hundred and
7: four also. And everyone. here.
1: And everyone has not been paid or has arrears. The five months arrears that you are talking Sometimes
7: about. Sometimes some people will go; they will get their salaries, and some people will go; they will not get their payment.
1: What is what is accounting for this? Pardon me. What is accounting for some receiving? Is it a technical issue? You said some receive oh, their that, payments, some don't receive their, um, their, their salaries. Uh,
7: if they didn't get their payments, they said they will work for it. We don't have Forester Commission office. Our office is at CND. So if there is a problem, they only say they will speak to the office at CND so that they will solve it. By the time you see, nobody will get anything again. All right. um, Last month, so people didn't get their salaries. So they come and then explain to our boss to fill a year, but they didn't get their salaries.
1: All right. Um, thank you very much for speaking to us. We'll speak to one you of welcome. your, you your supervisors you um, to get a response. That was Al Hassan. Um King Jack Su is an employee of the Forestry Commission in Bembela. And you heard him there, the youth in afforestation there. They are in the Nanumba North Municipality. They have threatened to boycott the plant, the maintenance of the tree um, of the Green Ghana Project exercise that went on today. Um, their demands are that they haven't been paid for over five months. And they don't have the protective gears to do the work they are supposed to do. This is Eyewitness News. My name is Zoe Abubedu. Ado. Still ahead in this bulleting, pressure group Arise Ghana concludes arrangements with police to march against what fuel prices, the hike in fuel prices and what they term mismanagement of COVID-19 funds. Please stay with us.
9: We'll be right back.
0: Eyewitness news. Be there as it happens.
9: Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash city 97.3. Twitter at Twitter.com forward slash city 973. And Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash city 973. With the hashtag Eyewitness News.
1: You're welcome back to 97.3 CTFM. This is Eyewitness News. So, Before we took the break, we were speaking to an employee of the Forestry Commission, one of the youth there, and they were not happy with um, the delay in the payment of their salaries and not having the right equipment and gear to to work. I have been joined by the range manager of the Forestry Commission for the Bembala District, Emmanuel Kalu. Good evening, sir.
5: Good evening.
1: I trust you are doing well.
8: Yeah, I'm doing
1: well. Great. Now we've spoken to um one of your employees and he um has indicated that salaries have delayed for um quite some time now. Is this something that has come to your attention, the issue of salary delays? Yes.
5: Please.
1: Um is there particular reason for the salaries delaying?
8: Yeah, uh, forestry delay is a nationwide issue and it's not a, uh, Bimbila is not in, uh, it's not particularly in Bimbila. It's across the whole country. What? So you... They are, but they were being paid uh, one month arrears, which is a uh, January allowance, just uh, yesterday.
1: Wow, so f- the whole year, February to June, as we speak now, they haven't received any arrears to go about their duties.
8: They only received, for this year, they only received the January arrears, which was paid day before yesterday.
1: That's what I'm saying. So from February to June, they haven't received those arrears. Yes,
8: please.
1: And this is something they are complaining about. You said it's a nationwide yes, issue. What, yes, what is the um, um, national telling you? What is accounting for this? Because they claim that they are unable to move or shuttle from one place to the other to do their work.
8: Yes, of course.
1: Is this affecting the work in any way?
8: Yeah, it's really affecting the work, um, but we have been pleading with them to exercise patients as management uh, deal with the issue accordingly.
1: How can they exercise patients when they don't have the needed resources to work?
8: Yeah, For the payment, uh, we believe that the payment we we shall make and the allowance will be paid. And uh, looking at the nature of the work, uh, we this is a rainy season time and... uh, in northern region, northern region, we have one one rainfall pattern. So if they say to come to work, it really affects our work. So sometimes we we understand them perfectly, but uh, we plead on them uh, to, to be patient uh, that their allowance will be paid.
1: Mr. Kalu, it took you six months to pay January um, allowance. You're asking them to be patient five months arrears. Yes. How, how do you expect them to survive? I mean, do you do you think their concerns are genuine, considering the fact that they cannot move?
8: Yeah, um, with that regard, uh let's say uh, I'm not the one who is responsible for the payment, and we have a, our head office in Accra. These issues, uh, they have to address the issue for us uh, with that regards of the payment.
1: Okay, they have indicated that they are not going to continue with the maintenance of the trees. How is this going to affect the region?
8: This is a concern. Now, we are just to sit with our management to also look look into it and uh, give us a feedback uh, as to what to do and what to do next.
1: Okay. Now, when they go out to work, what kind of protective gear and equipment do you (coughs) give to them? How do they... How how do they present themselves to move out to go and work?
8: Yeah, is it, are you talking about in terms of logistics? Uh, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometime a volunteering boot was supplied, but uh, it's been uh, quite a number of months. Uh, they have not received any logistics, and some also complain about their cutlasses. They have not received that, uh, a good number of months. They had, they haven't. But others have, but uh, some didn't have.
1: Now you having to be able to supply some of these um, essential equipment for them to go about their duties. Is this not hampering um, your work in any way? And the fact that mm. government has said that it wants to plant over 20 million trees, um, I'm not sure how many your region sets or has targeted, but is this not going to hamper your efforts in any way?
8: It really one way or the other, but uh, uh, We must, uh, at least, uh, we want to try our best also to uh, uh, protect ourselves while we wait for the government to uh, help us in the support of the logistics.
1: Okay. When was the last time you got in touch with the Forestry Commission and National, which is Accra?
8: After looking at our work progress, we don't contact the National. We contact our district office, which is in Yendi. That oversees our work over here. So whatever problem and challenges we face here, we contact our district manager, Yendi, to also uh take our uh, consent to the office there. then they can also forward it to the regional office and then from regional office to the national level.
1: Okay, that's a, a long chain there but what has been the correspondence between you and the Yendi office based on these challenges that you have? These are genuine challenges. What has been the correspondence?
8: Yeah, they, they have been assuring us that the logistics will come and we are still hoping that the in no time it will
1: arrive. All right. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Kalu is the range manager of the Forestry Commission in the Bimbela District trying to respond to issues of the youth in the Nanumba North municipality of the northern region who have threatened to boycott um, the planting and maintenance of the trees under the Green Ghana Project there. And he explains that this is a nationwide issue. So We'll try and see if we can get the national to speak to with regards to this um, particular challenge that is being faced. But we could bring us some other stories.
0: I will still stay on the Green Ghana Day because the Ministry of Railway Development, as part of today's activities, planted trees along some railway stations here in the country. Speaking to the media after personally planting a tree, the Sector Minister John Peter Mewu says officials at the various train stations are to monitor the growth of the trees planted.
10: What is important in planting uh, along the railway station is the fact that there are going to be permanent workers uh, along these stations. You know, Every station that you see, there are going to be permanent workers there. And these workers will be expected to maintain uh, these trees. We intend to plant it along the line you know, uh, because of some of the embankments that are going to be created uh, along the railway line. So, the corridor will be witnessed, some of the trees to be planted along roads. Well, as for trees, if if you plant trees, there are also a possibility to cut them down. And, and what is interesting is that we've been cutting trees down for ages without planting. Uh, and so, if economic activities improve and we continue planting, of course, there's nothing wrong if you cut one or two, and you know because of economic activities. But what is important of this initiative is to plant more trees. And today, you know, as the minister mentioned. We are planting about 20 million trees which of course is very extensive you know uh, coverage for uh, the, the country
0: you have the minister of railway development john peter Amil.
1: let's still stay on issues having to do with the green ghana day uh, now some environmental non-governmental organizations um, use today's occasion or today's exercise to picket at the headquarters of the forestry commission now they wanted uh, they protested um, that there has to be a, uh, they protested the degazetting of the Achimota Forest Namaze. Let's speak to the Deputy Director of Arucha Ghana, Daryl Bosu, um, who was um, at today's event to tell us more on why they decided to use um, this occasion to drum home their content. Thanks for joining us, um, Now. You are someone who is interested in issues having to do with the environment. Um, we see you talk a lot about the issues having to do with illegal mining in Galamsee and now um, the forest and its preservation. Did you partake in today's exercise, the tree planting?
11: Yes, I think today um, we are participating. We participated um, in distributing seedlings to everyone who wanted to plant in all our landscapes in the north, in Kwahti, and also in the eastern region, and on the ground fighting field. We, however, chose to also use take um, advantage of the location to also register our discontent uh, and also our worries over the continuous abuse and impunity with which government, who is also very interested in the Green Ghana agenda, is actively Destroying our forest Because we believe that you cannot indicate and say you are interested in greening Ghana by planting trees, and then with the same active actions, you you, you go on to destroy or put in place, take action to rezone Gazette State Forest land like the Action Water Forest. So for us, it was uh, something we did to both plant trees, but at the same time, register. I was in because we see that what is happening is actually a debt in our commitment to countries and green the country. So we, we did and we, we made sure that we put our goal the statement that the government will hear.
1: What, what form did this protest take today?
11: So, yes, uh, we were out there in our numbers So we gathered around the Forestry Commission entrance and at the same time also the automotive Forest entrance towards the part that takes you to the zoo. Um, sharing messages, uh, one of them being that government must stop the government's <laughs> process. And also, we want our foreign back. we also ask the so we vote also asking government to revoke EI forth Because we believe that if we really want to gain Ghana, then it must start with us securing our existing forest itself. We can't be taking action to dig again, declassify, rezone no portions of existing forest. Audience for some of protected for in the country, we give them out for mining and bauxite concessions, and then turn around and say we are planting trees. We can't do that. It just doesn't work that way, and that is why we were on the streets and we made sure that everyone who passed by those areas. So, and I believe most of the dignitaries who participated in the event also saw that we really had a message that the government needs to also pay attention to.
1: Okay, so will this. Do you think this will yield the intended result? You said some dignitaries saw you, but apart from seeing you holding placards and um, telling them what your intentions are, do you have plans of going beyond that to put this on paper to express your displeasure? Or that was it. It was a one-day show.
11: Well, I, I, I mean, if you have been following. We have already taken action against uh, government ei one four four. We have written to the Minister of Lands. We have also sent a petition to Shire, asking them to investigate the conflict of interest. We are also within our coalition network currently exploring ways of challenging that executive decision by the President. So it's not just one day. We just wanted the government to know that we are not happy with what is going on. And like I said, this is it, it is of It's very opportunistic. It's also one of double standards because. The same government cannot be pushing us to plant 30 million trees in a day and then turn around and be destroying forests all over the place across the country. It can't happen. So, and I don't think it's something we should make them feel comfortable in their skin when they are doing it. And this is one of the ways we are going to show that, show that it can happen. Aside several other strategies that we are deploying, maybe this was for you to coincide with being Ghana Day because it is a very special day for everyone.
1: You also had issues with sustenance, I'm um, asking the target of 20 million trees that were going to be planted. Well,
11: it's not about You see, we can set for ourselves plant plus 100 million trees in a day. We can decide to plant 5 million trees in a day. But the question I'm asking is that is this the best way we want to spend a lot of money in one day planting trees most of which we don't even know whether it's the right trees are planted in the right places. So we are saying that a government has got this much resources to do all this publicity, all this fanfare, to support all the transport in one day and all of that for planting this many trees in a day. We believe that the government should channel these resources to the forest commission, to the district offices, for the YEA staff, for the forest staff to do their job of securing existing forests while also undertaking restoration and things in the greater to there. I don't believe that this farm fair is, is, is worth all the effort and the money we are putting in. When on the ground at the district offices, there are challenges in terms of resource allocation and even logistics to do their work to secure places, which is much more important. So for us, that is what we have. The Green agenda is great as a, as a policy, like the manner in which we are deploying resources and allocation on one day, when it can be given to the institutions that are there to spread it over the whole year, is it, what we really have a with. And I think it could be better. And I'm sure um, we we need to really have a look at this and make sure that government uh, channels resources appropriately.
1: Thank you for your time, Daryl. Daryl Bosu is Deputy National Director of Arucha Ghana, one of the environmental, non-governmental organizations who picketed at the headquarters of the Forestry Commission protesting the digazetting of the Achimota Forest. This is still Eyewitness News. Stay with us. When we come back, um, we'll be telling you about the pressure group Arise Ghana. Um, they've concluded arrangements with the police. Now they want to march against the fuel hikes. Stay with us. We'll be speaking to one of the conveners.
9: Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3 Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973 and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
0: And you're welcome back to Eyewitness News here on CTFM. Let's bring you more stories now. The Ghana Water Company Limited is urging the public to desist from polluting and cutting down trees around water bodies. The company explains that human activities have contributed largely to the pollution of water bodies here in the country. Speaking to City News um, during a tree planting exercise at the Wajja Dam site in Accra, the head of corporate affairs at the Ghana Water Company Limited. Stanley Marty says it is essential to protect our water bodies.
2: But let us stop the pollution. Let us protect our river bodies. If our river bodies go extinct, our treatment plants will be nicely built and will service the uh, pumps and everything. You see them nicely and functioning very well. Great sound and everything. But there wouldn't be water to produce, so it's essential that we do everything possible to protect our water bodies. Tensu now is polluted, so if we do not stop that and they keep silting the river body, one day we will wake up and we we'll realize that we can't even abstract for treatment again. Now, if we have to dredge, it's also another money. Okay, and if we are spending that money in doing all those things, definitely it will impact on our tariffs. We all want to pay a lower tariff. I want to pay a lower tariff. I pay water bill, I pay electricity bill. I want to pay a, a lower tariff. But if I want to do that, then it means I have to get involved in this project.
0: <laughs> Stanley Mate is the head of corporate affairs at the Ghana Water Company Limited.
1: Now, a pressure group, Arise Ghana, um, has planned or intended to have a demonstration. They have issues um, with fuel hikes or uh, the prices in the hike. And the prices um, with fuel, and then they also want to protest against the mismanagement more um, the mismanagement of the COVID 19 funds. Bernard Mona is a leading member of Arise Ghana. Good evening, sir.
12: Good evening, Zoe.
1: All right, so we know that you initially had some setbacks with the, with the Ghana Police Service when you wanted to um, hold this protest. What were the setbacks?
12: On the 1st of June, oh, sorry, good evening, and good evening to your listeners. On the 1st of June, we had notified the Ghana Police Service in accordance with the Public Order Act of our intentions to manifest a public event on the 28th and the 29th, which will be a nonstop 48-hour demonstration. On the 2nd of July, they indicated to us they are 2nd
1: of June, you mean?
12: 2nd of June, thank you. They are unpreparedness to um, come and provide security for the protesters and that they will not allow an overnight demonstration and they will not allow the routes that we have taken. And they contended that the routes we should revert to what they describe as traditional routes in my response or our response to them, we indicated that there is nothing known to us as traditional routes. And we have to determine and inform them and notify them of the routes that we needed to use.
1: What, what routes and were you going to take?
12: It is the same route that you can see. We will start from the Kwame Nkrumah Circle, move towards the Nima Police Station, come to the Sankara Interchange, now Aqua Interchange then all the way to the, um, what we call the uh, Christ the King traffic line. And then we'll pass the night there and go. And they said no. So, whether well there then the regional police command. They called me and told me that the IGP wanted to have a meeting with us. So, just Monday, we had a meeting at the office of the IGP and on Wednesday, because on the Monday, we could not conclude with them. On the Wednesday, we went and then we had some rapprochement with the police. And this had to do with the fact that we are no longer going to sleep over at the the uh, King traffic light, but we'll be there after 10 p.m. And that the next day, we'll continue from the Elwaks 4 Stadium and go to the Ministry of Finance. From the Ministry of Finance, we will then move. The Parliament House, where we should be presenting a petition to the Speaker of Parliament on the challenging economic situation that we find ourselves.
1: Okay, the Christ the King traffic light that you talk about is very close to the Flagstaff House or Jubilee House. I mean, why would you want to be there? It's uh, security wise. Do you think, I mean, is the right thing to do for you to be overnight? Now you have um, amended, you said you wanted to do till 10 p.m. It's very close to the presidency. Why? Why did you want to? What
12: What is wrong with doing demonstration at the
1: presidency? No, but why would you want to stay there overnight?
12: But there's nothing wrong with wanting to stay there overnight. If we choose to stay there even for a month or a year, it is our right to demonstrate and to stay as long as we want. The Public Order Act has not given limitation for the duration of any protestation or public manifestation in this country. And so we are entitled to our fundamental rights, right to protestation and right to assembly. For how long we assemble, it is for us who are organizing it. It is not for the police to determine how long we can we can be on the street or not be on the street.
1: Okay, so out of all the places that you could have stayed overnight or till 10 p.m., why did you choose the Christ the came um, traffic light?
12: So that the angels of God move around us, since it is a place of worship. But above all... That is, as you have rightly said it is also close to the seat of government if you have a government that has refused to listen you have to make noise just as when you go to church every day and every time you want to be reminded that you need to follow christ in order to get to the kingdom of god so uh, the same way we have to keep drumming to our executive particularly our policymakers and who else is the lead policymaker in this country than the president so, if the president is passing by and see that citizens of this nation have mass around where his office is, he will have to think twice on some of the policy um, um, evolutions that he's bringing into this country and the consequences they are having on the lives of all of us, including you.
1: Okay. So, talk to me about the um, issues you, you 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 want to um, send across to the government. Oh,
12: the issues are many the general economic hardship in the country. Um, So you can talk about the escalating fuel prices, you can talk about utilities, you can talk about food prices that have reached a crescendo. You can talk about the vulgar economic policies and the abuse of state resources that when you have a personal cathedral by the president, it is the as national cathedral so that state resources can be expended on it. And so you will have the now reckless Ajapa deal that they are bringing onto the board. And you know that there is also the issue of land grab in the society. So these are just but a few of the issues that confront the people of Ghana, and we want to start manifesting this. As we get remedy for the present ones, we'll then begin to look at the many other issues that together we should work to, to find solution to. Have you found sure
13: that we are
12: not, we are not happy about the fact that you have restrained yourself from doing electronic transfers on your mobile wallet because the government has decided to introduce a stealth tax stealing our savings and I call it confiscation of our savings. If I go and sell my Guinea or my goods and I don't want to carry the money to my whole house and I put it on my money because there's no bank around my community. Anytime I want to spend it, the government can take part of that money. That is confiscation of savings. Many Ghanaian are unhappy about it. And so we must point to our government that when you bring policies that are unpopular, just as Akufado said in 1995 to Jerry Rollins, so we must also speak to him that when policies are unpopular, the government must take steps to ensure that those policies are taken over. He said this when they embarked on the demonstration and he said that value added tax, despite the fact that it was replacing the sales and sales service taxes. It was not an introduction of a new tax. Akufado proposed it. Today, he's introducing what I call a thievery tax. Or he has introduced a thievery tax, stealing our money. And he wants us to be comfortable with it. No.
1: All right. Um, so have you agreed with the um, police? When is this going to take place?
12: We will, we will start demonstration on the 28th and we'll move from the Kwame Nkrumah Circle, where we normally say the Obra Spot, from 12 p.m., we'll all amass and gather there, and then we'll move through the Neymar and come through the Neymar Police Station, come to Akwaje Interchange, turn onto the Africico Lane and move all the way to the Chrysler, the traffic light, and stay there until 10 p.m. Then we will disperse the next day. We will move from that place, we will move from the, the Workforce Stadium, pass through the Lands Commission, through the Russian Embassy, the National Development Planning Commission, the Christ the King Traffic Light, and take the Liberation Route all the way to the Ministry of Finance, where we will give speeches and present a petition. Then we will end, end at Parliament House at the frontage, where we will present a petition to the leadership of Parliament.
1: All right, thank you very much, um, Bernard Mona. Bernard Mona is a leading member of the pressure group Arise Ghana. This is still eyewitness news. We're taking a break and then we'll bring you the business news. Elenda Pies is on standby to bring you the eyewitness edition of CT Business News. And later, Ghana's largest opposition party, the National Democratic Congress, marks 30 years as a partisan political organization. We'll bring you some excerpts. From the public lecture that was organized to mark the anniversary. Please stay with us.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it
9: happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed.
4: Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, brought to you by Vodafone and powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Ellen Dapa. Let's settle for the details now. The World Bank is urging policymakers in the country to harness the transformative potential of trade by cultivating export-oriented activities in both the manufacturing and services sectors. This comes on the back of findings from a new report launched by the bank titled Ghana Trade Competitiveness Diagnostic Strengthening Ghana's Trade Competitiveness in the Context of the African Continental Free Trade Area, which reveals that Ghana's merchandise trade competitiveness declined over the last decade, resulting in a reduction in the number of exporting firms and their participation in global value chains. Now delivering the keynote at the launch of the report, World Bank Country Director for Ghana, Liberia, and Sierra Leone, Pierre Laporte, noted that trade policies are an essential enabler of economic growth and job creation.
14: The report examines two different but complementary pathways that could be leveraged to achieve economic transformation namely, manufactured ring-led exports and services-led exports. The case of uh, East Asia has often been cited as an example of how manufacturing-led exports contributed to economic transformation and growth in that region. Historically, Ghana has had difficulties in modeling after the East Asian example, not just Ghana, but Africa generally. But uh, the emerging importance of value chains, local value chains, regional, global value chains, as well as the establishment of the Africa-Continental Free Trade Agreement provide an opportunity for policymakers to better strategize the country's industrial policy from the perspective of trade policy. A recent World Bank report has also shown that services trade especially in the context of strong digital infrastructure, is increasing, create, creating opportunities for economies of scale, innovation, and increased productivity.
4: That is the World Bank Country Director for Ghana, Liberia and Sierra Leone, Pierre Laporte. Meanwhile, the World Bank has approved an additional financing of $145 million International Development Association credit for the Ghana Secondary Cities Support Program. This builds on an existing program of support to secondary cities agreed in 2018 and enables the program to scale up to support 35 secondary cities across the country, a statement issued by the World Bank notes that the additional financing will continue enhancing institutional capacity for urban management and providing improved basic urban infrastructure in 35 secondary cities, including the six newly created regional capitals. Away from that, despite initial challenges with the introduction of the electronic transfer levy, players in the e-commerce space have revealed that things are gradually beginning to settle. The 1.5% levy of selected electronic transactions, which took effect on the 1st of May, forms part of government re- revenue mobilization efforts for the year. There were panic withdrawals across the country few days to the implementation of the policy as many switched to cash transactions to avoid paying the levy. Now speaking city business news on the sidelines of the 10th anniversary of Jumia Ghana, CEO of the company Tolulope Thomas stated that business is slowly returning to normal.
1: I would say that right now there's been some level of stability um, in the market. Um, the initial time it was introduced, um, it was really tough because some people would adopt to it, some people wouldn't adopt to it. And Jumia as a company is always compliant um, as to that regard. Um, but the one thing we spend more time doing is engaging and educating our consumers that hey, when you buy on Jumia, you will actually not. Um, I mean, you would not go through or have to pay the e-levy. So we're spending more time educating and saying prepaid transactions are safe, they are secure, and there's no e-levy um, that you that would affect you. So that's what we've been doing. That
4: was the chief executive officer of Jumia, Ghana, Tolulope Thomas. Now, as the Bank of Ghana, along with the Finance Ministry, tried their best to reverse the current trend of inflation, stakeholders insist there should be more targeted fiscal policy measures like subsidies for the agriculture sector to check the situation. As at May 2021, Ghana was enjoying the lowest rate of inflation it had recorded in years at 7.5%. A year on, and the national inflation is currently standing at 20 27.6%. Now, in an interview with City Business News, economist with data bank, Courage Mate, urged governments to, among other things, check its own overspending tendencies, which ends up
10: contributing
4: to increased liquidity in the system.
10: Now, the next thing is government finances. And I think that this is a time when government would have to prioritize its expenditure. This is a time when government will have to close all the leakages in the expenditure tab of budget spendings must not be tolerated anymore. Gone should be the days where the fiscal data is published and discrepancy is amounting to 0.5% of GDP and causing fiscal overruns on the budget. I think expenditure has to become a bit more efficient, a bit more targeting so that we can really zero in on areas of the problems and profile very optimal solutions to to our problems.
4: Courage Mate is an economist with DataBank. And that's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News, brought to you by Vodafone and powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Ellen Dapa. Up next is Points Blank.
9: Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3 Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973 And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 With the hashtag Eyewitness News
4: Hi there, I'm Asantawa, welcome to Unique Insurance. Let me introduce something interesting to you. As a Unique Insurance Motor Policy holder, you qualify for a free breakdown towing service. Unique Insurance tows your vehicle at no cost to you, regardless of the type of vehicle and location. We relieve you from the burden of securing a towing service and it's all for free. All you need to do is have an active motor policy with us. Terms and conditions apply. Drive happy, we got ya. Call, text, whatsapp me on 050 one five six nine four three three or zero five zero one five five zero three seven one for further details on how to enjoy this unrivaled service breaks may fail our insurance doesn't unique insurance where your needs come first
9: let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city point three, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag Eyewitness News.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
9: Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3 Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973 and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News.
1: Welcome back to the point blank segment of Eyewitness News. It's some twenty-eight minutes to seven PM tonight on the point blank segment. The National Democratic Congress is celebrating thirty years of existence. Music And as part of that celebration, the party is holding a lecture lecture at the Nut Hall here in Accra. We are going to bring you speeches by some senior members of the party. We'll first begin with the chairman of the Manifesto Committee of the National Democratic uh, Congress for the 2020 elections, Professor Danso Buafo who spoke on the work being put in place ahead of the 2024 elections.
13: What happened to the kind of knowledge that we have? We'll go with it and we'll be sitting here with zero history about where the NDC has been and where the NDC is supposed to go. So much for that. Let me also come back to the issue of ideology. I have already informed you that even though the NDC was founded in 1992, it took 10 years for the party to declare its official ideology as social democracy, which was 2002. You know, why was that the case? And you know, social democracy is not like property, uh, ownership, class, or whatever. There are some values, some definitional issues that it makes it a little difficult to get people to understand and run with it. The unfortunate thing is that after 2002, when the ideology was declared, it had to take another 14 years for a school. To educate us on these ideological issues the Ghana Institute of Social Democracy to be established in 2016 you know it's been done but the party needs to double up and engage in political education get our members to be on the same page do we all understand what we mean by social democracy do we all know what the values are how do we get to be imbibed do we get to imbibe these values in us? These are very important issues. I do know that the school is doing what what it can, but I think it's not enough based on lack of resources. So much for the history. We must look forward. Now, the challenges facing the NDC come 2024. I think those are more critical than some of the stuff we've been talking here what do we do between now and 2024 win the elections and what do we do after we've won elections because if the NDC were to win the 2024 elections and be confronted with the intractable problems we see in this country today and we prove incapable of dealing with them not only would we have destroyed our credibility But we would also have eroded the people's belief in democracy. There is enough research to show that around the world, people are losing confidence in this whole democratic agenda because of its inability to deliver people from the poverty or meet people's expectations. Yesterday, we received news of new inflating figures. We do know that our debts are unprecedented. We owe so much. We all threw around the issue of debt to GDP ratio. We threw out the escalating uh, prices. We all know that because the fundamentals were weak, it has reflected in the exchange rate of the dollar or the CD. So, come 2024, what do we do? What are we going to tell Ghanaians? How do we assure them that we are capable of meeting the challenges? And therefore, they should entrust us with power. My brothers and sisters, fellow akata I would want to, before we leave here, assure you, that we have a team that is studying and monitoring everything that happens in our society, whatever is being done from the economy to infrastructure, to governance, to uh, the business, we are studying it and we're preparing solutions for these. things. We don't want to wait until 2024 that people begin to ask, how do we deal with these problems? Because society would have changed drastically by 2024. Some of my colleagues who worked on the manifesto in 2020 are here. We've formed a team uh, we call the lab. We've set up several committees that are working on infrastructure, on economy, on tourism, on creative arts, medical care, education, SAH, university education name it we are working on it we are monitoring what is done daily what the mpp fails to do what is not implemented right we know some of you will respond that the 20 the 2020 manifesto the people's manifesto was not implemented because we didn't have the opportunity and therefore there may not be any need to rewrite the people's manifesto not quite The circumstances under which the People's Manifesto was written would have changed dramatically by 2024. The conditions under which the People's Manifesto was written would also have changed dramatically come 2024. So those of you who have heard some of what the NDC or some of us are doing, what we're doing is we're taking the people's manifesto and making comparisons day-to-day occurrences in our society so that where feasible where possible where necessary we will make the necessary changes necessary amendments to meet the current current meaning 2024 2025 conditions and needs and aspirations of our people at that particular time so what may i appeal to those of you with expertise in all kinds of areas to contact us just like we did in the people's manifesto if you have any ideas and you want us to know please let us we can't know everything may i also add that if you decide to join us in this exercise there is no remuneration it will be voluntary you have to have time to come to meetings You have to have time to analyze documents for us. You have to have time to keep your eyes and ears open. So whatever you see or hear in society, you pass it on to us in order to formulate the kinds of policies and programs to meet the kinds of conditions we will face come 2024, 2025, and 2026. Because as I said, should we win in 2025, form a government on January 7, 2025, and I don't see why we shouldn't. And should we fail to begin to show some semblance of readiness to address problems, the same folks who created the problems will turn around and tell the, the impatient population that we told you that these people were not capable of, it. just like we are saying it now. So whatever we're doing to them, whatever we're saying about them, they will begin to say the same thing about us. And the end result will be loss of confidence in the two political parties and eventually loss confidence in our democracy. What happens after that? I will not stand here to predict. You and I know what the situation might be so my dear and fellow akata in a nutshell these are some of the issues i wanted to share with you that one be proud to defend our record in the social sector in education in health in just about every aspect of society and together we would struggle we will find a way or We will make one.
1: So that was Professor Danso Buafo. he was a chairman of the manifesto committee of the National Democratic Congress, the NDC for the 2020
5: elections.
1: The National Democratic Congress is celebrating 30 years um, of existence and there was a celebration today at the Nat Hall. And the theme for today's um, occasion or celebration is unity, stability, development. Some of the speakers um, we heard from Professor Dan Sobwafu already. There was also Al-Haji Huduyaya, we also um, have on the bill Honorable Ladi Ayamba and Dr. Ali Duseidu. Let's now hear from the Tamale South Member of Parliament, Harun Idris, who is also the minority leader in Parliament. He also um, spoke at the event.
15: To our national chairman, Doug Pofo and General Secretary, to Aladji Mahama Idrisu, Chairman of our Council of Elders, Professor Nana Opokwa and to all other executives, including our very distinguished Nana Atudazi chairman for this auspicious landmark of 30 years of maturity, 30 years of birth, of a new political paradigm, the National Democratic Congress. Those of you who are students, those of you who are students of history, you can even ask some students of the Nana Dudankwa Free Senior High School. If you ask them, including JSS students, the dominant political traditions of our time, you are more likely to get the NDC or the MPP or the MPP or the NDC. We have come to stay as the new political force in Ghana, contributing to its democratic consolidation and continuing first to the growth and development of our country, I intend to speak for 10 minutes, taking advantage of five additional minutes from the General Secretary and my own five minutes. So on behalf of the NDC Minority Caucus, let me convey to the national leadership of our party our warmest, felicitations, and best wishes at 30 years anniversary of the great Akatamansu family. And to assure you of the determination of the group to work with you and the grassroots and all other structures of our party to rescue this country from the non-performing party referred to as the New Patriotic Party and that we owe it to the memory of our founder and leader, President Jerry John Rawlings, to the late President Mills, and the lives of the late Justice D.F. Annan and Captain Retired Kojo Chikata, and to all those who have made enormous sacrifices from the branches through the district to the, through the constituencies to lay their lives for the formation and eventual maturity of the NDC as a new political force. We say Aiko, and to those of you sometimes very critical of the NDC let us all remain united. When our national chairman of Osuam was addressing us, he highlighted three values, unity, stability, and development. To the Ghanaian people and to the new patriotic party, I say without any fear of contradiction that there is no political party as successful as the NDC under the Fourth Republic. I say without fear of contradiction that there is no political party that has contributed to the economic, social, and democratic transformation of our country than the National Democratic Congress. I heard Professor Dan Dansubuafu attempting to explain to us how the thinking of a national health insurance began, but lately implemented by the new patriotic party to which they take credit. We understand you all right, but at least what we should accept is that the National Democratic Congress have contributed immensely to Ghana becoming a beacon of hope and a champion of democracy in Africa and in West Africa by facilitating and participating in all the best political traditions that have happened from 2001 through 2005 to 2009 to 2024, that we are certain that the NDC will recapture political power. To my colleague members of parliament, the focus should be on how do we join hands with the national executives to increase our numbers beyond 137. At least lessons learned, we now know the value of just one seat. If we had 138, 139, we probably could suffer and demand justice to many other decisions that they have forced through. But at least as our brand expert, Dr. Siri said, the NDC can learn from a brand of a party which is an amalgam, of diverse personalities with diverse views from different backgrounds of our country, contributing meaningfully to the social and economic development of our country. I cannot proceed further without also acknowledging how Elijah Yehudi Yahya then recruited a few of us quietly into the NDC by saying, come and assist me to draft this statement. Little did we know that we'll end up also playing major roles as in the party today. I should say that having followed him and Dr. Chambers, it took Atua Hoy to then adopt me and my group. So to many of the young people who are even in Parliament today, we owe it to the tremendous purpose and tenacity of Atua Hoy and the Hoy family in bringing and guiding us. And to the young ones, lessons to learn. Elijah Muhammad, as we are told, have laid his life in the service of our country. At least I've learned one unique thing from him that I may share with you. But at least I was telling our distinguished chairman that I enjoy what Captain Chikata used to call me to order Anytime he was unhappy with the minority leadership. His first question to me would be, Haruna, How is the spirit the core of the caucus and the minority group? So to all of us, at all times, let's ask for the spirit the core of our party. To what extent are we holding hands together to work together, to win political power, to change the fortunes of our country? At least their generation, you see them every day. Now, let me come to the economics of it. Those of you who even say, I had Dr. Sedu from University of Ghana. That is the beauty of intellectual debate. This country, Ghana, all said to Jerry Rawlings and the NDC of a liberalized economy that allowed for private participation in the economic management of this country and not to the new patriotic party. (laughs) Historical fact. This country even in terms of economic performance. And that will be my concluding message. Leaders of the NDC, members of the NDC, let's be proud of the NDC legacy and nothing more. We have an unenviable legacy when it comes even to the performance of the economy. Today you are talking about inflation at 27%. Under President Mills, NDC, we achieve consistently over a long period of time, probably unparalleled, the single-digit inflation sustained over a period of time. Under President Mills and the NDC, we achieve the highest growth to the Gross Domestic Product of this country at 14.1%, unparalleled in our country's history. Under President John Dramani Mahama, we achieved unparalleled infrastructure expansion in this country. And I just share a few with you as I end. That is why we say, be proud of our legacy. Whether today Nana Atatango is boasting about Kumasi Airport or Tamale Airport, the foundation stones were laid by the NDC and by John Draman in Mahama to liberalize and open up this economy for expansive trade. That happened. Don't use only Terminal 3. Don't use only Terminal 3 as your judgment. At least, uh, I see Profe- Professor Nana smiling. Unlike them, we expanded access to tertiary education. But we didn't go about naming the universities after people. That is what they are very good at. We create the institutions. We expanded access to tertiary education. You can count it, but we're not smart in naming it after persons who have served our party. So probably in future, we will learn from them. My quest for the NDC is that we should remain a party of opportunity, opportunity for youth, Opportunity for women and provide a protective space for women who may not be able to engage in the red blackmail campaign. But probably working with the national executive, we need to draw a roadmap and a new strategy as to how to determine members of parliament democratically, whilst waning and watering down the influence of money in the choice of our candidates for competitive elections within the NDC. The minority leadership and caucus will be happy to do a fair assessment of our candidates and their constituencies in order to guide future action. At least to General Aseidun Katia and to Kofiato, And that is what warms my heart today. This is not the NDC where Ali just declared by popular acclamation, Kofiato, elected, Asedin Ketia, elected, without subjecting them to a democratic process. So we have come very far, and we need to deepen the values and ethos of democracy within the party, give opportunity to every other person within the party to realize their full potential within established rules and norms established by the party. And more importantly, as was observed, discipline within the party is important. Let me conclude by assuring you that those of you sometimes who are unhappy with the minority, we are not a perfectionist group, but at least we are a group that has produced for you a speaker. Even with 137, is no mean an achievement to have Alban the back in, and whom we trust that he will deepen the values of transparency and accountability and make Parliament a more formidable institution. But at least, even as we celebrate it, let me now come and pick a slide from Dr. Sedu when he talks about predictability of the judiciary. And the dilemma of a political minority of 137. Those of you who are quick to blame the NDC minority for E. Levy, E. Levy was not introduced by John Mahama, neither was it introduced by NDC, nor introduced by the NDC minority in parliament. Place the responsibility and blame squarely on the non-performing Nana Adu Dankwa Akufo Adu. We have done our utmost best I've seen those of you question even our judgment in going to the Supreme Court, and probably Chairman, I end on that note. Ghana is a country governed by law. We are very convinced that there is an assault on the rule of law. And as you observe, Dr. Seidu, this is not a country where freedom of expression is respected as it ought to be. This is not a country where media independence and freedoms is respected as it ought to be. This is the first time in our nation's history that the country stands too divided and polarized against a president who is insensitive, who would not listen, who prize himself in burrowing. And I just end on that note that we have a proud legacy. We must be ready to defend the legacy of the party at all levels across the districts and regions of our country in terms of infrastructure, as I observed, if John Dramani Mahama as president was going to Buru as irresponsible as they did, he probably could have tripled the kind of infrastructure they are building today, to which they say that we should give them credit. At the time of leaving office, we left a national debt of 120 billion, today, billion. And GDP, 81% of our national debt is used in servicing GDP. And they will tell you that they are better managers of the economy.
1: Tamale South MP and Minority Leader in Parliament, Haruna Idrisu. And in tonight's edition of Point Blank. Um, on Eyewitness News. You are speaking on the occasion of the 30th anniversary of the NDC at the Hall here in Accra. <laughs> My name is Zoe abubeidu Ado. show produced by 6 to Sudong Ulo Anas Seidu. Um, Beverly Landing with support from Fred Tete Jabano. <laughs> Technical assistance from Daniel Squashi. <laughs>
9: City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-976-732 and get interactive on Facebook, City 97.3 FM and Twitter at City 973.